Introducing Poloplaz Prime Advantage, formulated to withstand even the most demanding floor conditions. With high solids and low viscosity, it is ideal for recoats and new installations or resands. Prime Advantage is the toughest product in the industry and has a VOC limit below 275 with a 20 to 30 minute open time and full use after 24 hours. Prime Advantage is the toughest Poloplaz finish ever made. Hello, this is Michael Martin, President and CEO of the National Wood Flooring Association, and you're listening to the Real Answers Podcast. Today, as usual, we have Chris Zizza, my cohort in crime here. We're coming live to you from the NWFA Expo. Game on. Down in Orlando, and uh, we're recording some podcasts. This is the first time we've actually been able to have live guests with us, so we're excited today to have Steve Bratton with us. Thanks for having me today. Happy to have you, my brother. Nice to see you finally came on the show and earned yourself a Real Answers Podcast t-shirt. I love it. We expect you to wear that all week. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, for, for the people out there that don't know you, I'll start off by saying uh, Steve Bratton is currently on the board of directors with the NWFA. And Steve, tell us about your company, SVB, where you're located, and a little bit about you know all of you. We're based out of Kansas City. Um, we sat right on the state line, basically, of Missouri and Kansas. So we, we work back and forth between the two states, uh, pretty much centrally located, you know, right there within the city. Okay. So when you, your guys are heading out, what's the average commute? And let's back up. You're one truck, six trucks. Tell us about your operation. You know, we've we've got multiple crews, multiple you know team members on our uh, team. I believe we have nine sanding crews, seven install crews, and uh, two finishing crews that go out on a daily basis. Wow! So you're running in divisions. If yes. I'm listening, uh, that's how CNR runs in divisions. And did you always run in divisions? No, early on. I mean. We'd go out and actually install the job, then sand the job, then coat the job. And just as we grew throughout the years, I just felt that it made more sense to train these guys based off of what they were going to do on a daily basis. So our installers just strictly install. Our sanders just strictly sand and stain. They occasionally do some top coats. But we have those finishing crews that will follow around our sanding crews to take care of all the, you know, the top coats on top of the product itself just to save on that, you know, windshield time and wasted time driving around the city and it keeps our guys moving on to the next job i want to hear more about that because so we run division sanding and installation and uh my installers don't sand and my sanders don't install but my sanders will take their job from start to finish stain first coat second coat final coat but i think what i just heard from you is You've got finishers that are your sanders just keep grinding. When when do they get off and when do you hand it to the next? How's that work for you guys? Once they stain the floor, they move on to the next project. So that next day they'll have a new work order in their bin um, as far as a new project to move on to. And you have coating crews. Yes. Those guys just coat. <clears throat> That's all they do is coat and set base shoe and take care of final details, floor cleaning kits, you know, walking homeowners through, you know, maintenance schedules and stuff of that nature. Really? Yeah. So are your coding crew, is that what you call them? Mm-hmm. Coding crews? Are they your more seasoned guys? Are they your older guys? I'm trying to picture who they are. No, I'd say they're probably 25 to 35. Okay. And they're just coders because? That's just, you know, the position that we put them in, brought them on. Um, you know, as far as the training side of it, that's what they were trained to do. Oh, right on. So you've had guys come in and just become a coder. They don't yes. actually sand yet. Absolutely. You know what? After this podcast, we may talk more about that. I want to know more. Uh, that's an interesting way to run it. And it's obviously working because you have nine sanding crews. 
Yeah, and you know, they occasionally will take care of some of the repairs or if there's a windshake board. I mean, they're kind of our closers. You know, they, they they can go in and they can pretty much take care of anything from start to finish. Obviously, if it's something a little out of the ordinary, then at that point we would send our install crew or our sand and finish crew back. Right on. And they're obviously personable. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's common right now for SVB? What, what What's the jobs you're working on? You know, are you two and a quarter, three and a quarter unfinished? You're five inch drift and quartered every day. What What's common? We do a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, we've got all of our, you know, unfinished flooring that goes out on a daily basis, you know, the two and a quarter, the three and a quarter, the four inch. Um, we also carry quite a few pre-finished lines, you know, to where we're, we're putting in a lot of the more trendy stuff, wire brush faces, you know, lighter stain colors, um, you know, and then same thing on the sand and finish side. We're starting to see a lot of the lighter tones, more of the pickled looks coming back. To where you know we've, I feel like we just got out of this gray trend and we you know switched gears and went from that immediately down to you know a natural overall look. Okay, well I can tell you Boston is still in the gray trend and I'm ready for it to be over. <laughs> Not my favorite color to work with, uh, nor my guys. Um, let me ask you this: What are some of the things you know around campus? if you will, that you, you guys are working on, you know, how, what, what are you always striving to, to improve better in your operations? Quality customer service. I mean, always trying to stay on top of that. I feel that, you know, we are absolutely incredible at it. I feel our team is absolutely incredible at it, but I feel like there's always room for improvement. So Steve, you know, with an outfit as big as yours is, that's a lot of guys to keep motivated, to keep enthusiastic. Uh, I know coming up on Friday, we're doing, you know, how to motivate employees. You and I are, are you know, uh, going to go tandem on a talk for this. But let's give a synopsis right now. What, what are you doing to keep these guys energized and motivated and wanting to be there? I think, number one, you need to stay connected with them. And I've always said, you know, if your team is investing into you, you need to invest into your team. And it's extremely, extremely important. And then obviously we have our, you know, outside of work activities, you know, that we uh, put together on a yearly basis, whether it's a Christmas party or going to top golf or, you know, going bowling or something of that nature. But, you know, just continuously having that connection with them. Keeping it a team atmosphere. Yes, 100%. And I would tell everybody out there when we're keeping it a team atmosphere i don't care if you're three guys or 30 guys the good news is if you're three guys it's going to be a lot cheaper but if you're 30 guys maybe you're making pasta and keeping it in the warehouse but um it's important to put everyone together and make sure they get along and and do things like that so that's terrific let me ask you this, Steve. If you had a magic wand and you could make something go away that's an obstacle in the company, what would it be? Punchless items. Odds and ends. Just drives me absolutely crazy. Um, Christina, you know, that takes care of our production side of things. You know, she's the one that has to deal with that stuff on a regular basis, whether it's, you know, a doorway that they forgot to set the carpet or it's a reducer or, you know, a spindle or, you know, baluster didn't get put back in. You're creating all those additional trips to go back and take care of these small little items. I like it. You know, um, you know, we had Willie Short, uh, Willie James Short, Willie James Hardwood on the show and asked him the same question. And he wants more time in the day. So we knew he needed to be more productive. Um, punch list items, that, that's a part of our everyday life for all of us. And yeah, we got to make them go away. Can I ask you, what do you do with your punch list items? I know, you know, we've, we've, we're multiple trucks as well. So we keep a punch list item list so that we don't forget somebody. What are you guys doing to try and take, it's from a call, it's, now it's a punch list, to execution? 
our crews have been trained to where they need to communicate with the office immediately, you know, so we can get it taken care of. I mean, let's be honest, at the end of the day, most important thing is to make sure that we have a smile on the customer's face when we walk out that door. Little things like that, in my eyes, you know, just raises red flags. And then all of a sudden, you know, they start looking for other things. So what's the quickest solution? You know, how quick can we get back and how quick can we close the project for them? Okay. So is there a document? Yes. So I think you said her name was Christine or Christina. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... So she's recording it, and now it turns into a work order, and you get it out the door as quick as possible. It goes on to that same week schedule. Does it take precedence over where they're going tomorrow? Depends on the situation because we have multiple crews, so we may uh, delegate that or send it over to you know a different crew. Oh, so somebody else might go do the right. Re- so we, we have that philosophy. I tell uh, – so my Christina is Cheryl, and uh, I tell – I don't care who fixes it. Let's just get it fixed. Sure. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Keep the customer happy, right? How about dropping back in the wayback machine? SVB flooring is two years in business. What are you going to tell yourself? Because you're going to be in business a long time for the rest of your career. What are you telling yourself? Well, if I went all the way back that far, I would say, why weren't you wearing knee pads? You know, just because of the <laughs> fact that I deal with it now. You know, with our guys, I mean, we literally keep cases of knee pads and just you know ear protection, safety glasses, whatever it may be. And that's one thing, you know, when I was younger, I didn't pay attention to that. And I thought I was absolutely invincible. And, you know, here I am at 44 years old, and I feel like I'm 80 at certain certain times of the year when the weather's changing. Yeah, guys, stop kneeling on concrete. Believe me, he's right about that one. Um, so, Steve, you do you do a lot of work with home builders. Um, what are you seeing coming down the pike there? Are you seeing some changes? you seeing, I mean, everything's been so crazy. Are there, are there ways that things are being adjusted? You know, it's it's a weird time right now. I mean, between our building firms, design firms that we work with, whether it's architect, whether it's our remodeling firms, or you know, directly to the homeowners. I mean, it's just going absolutely haywire out in Kansas City right now. These builders, they can't keep up with it. I, you know, I sat down with a couple of them um, at a Top Golf event that we had with the HBA, and they were literally telling their sales team, "Stop selling for a while. Just take a break. Don't sell anything." Realtors are freaking out because you know the builders don't want to take on any more. We've got one of our larger scale uh, design firms there in Kansas City that they've basically put it on their website at this point that they're not accepting, you know, any other projects till 2022, not even looking at them just because of the fact that, I mean, I, I feel like everybody's just kind of bouncing off walls just trying to keep up with it. Stretched and jammed. Everybody yeah. is. That's interesting. I don't think I'd ever tell a customer we're not taking any more cus- taking any more customers. I don't think I'd ever do that. Um, but I understand it. You know, and on a design team, you know, I see the magnitude of what they're going. Uh, we're trying to grow, but we're not finding employees. How about you? Yeah, it's it's been difficult. I'd say the 28 years that I've been in the industry, I've put out more ads for employment in the last year than I have in the entire time that I've been in the industry. No kidding. And the response? It's starting to get better now, but you know, at a point, at a certain point throughout this last year that we've all struggled with, um, we'd have people just come in, fill out applications, we'd never see them again. Right. Well, I literally had a guy come in, fill out an application to be our truck driver, and he didn't have a freaking license. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, how did you expect to get this job? You do understand that you are applying to be the truck driver, and he goes, "Well, I know how to drive." Love it. So that's who's out there in the labor pool with yeah. people. Uh, and it, and it, I didn't make that up. It really did happen. And the, the worst part is I met the individual out and about, 
and told him. I liked him. He was personable. So I told him to go into my office and fill out an application. And my VP calls me and she goes, you know, this guy doesn't have a license. Oh my! You know, God. I think we're all looking, you know, for some normalcy to get things back to normal. I think this is a, a good start this week. We've got a great turnout. We've got a lot of people showing up, and I think everybody's excited to get out and out and about and get back to some normal living. Yeah, I'm going to poach guys at the expo. That's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. But you know what? Um, I don't know how many months ago it was, but we had an IT guy uh, on the show, and. He he gave us some great advice on marketing and what they call landing pages. And so I actually told my IT guy to create a landing page on our website for employment. And now we're trying to market out there and direct people that are looking for a career in hardwood floors towards our landing page. And we're just trying to sure. cast a net to bring people in. So um, that's just terrific. Let me ask you this, Steve. You, I know you're doing Nari stuff. I know you're doing charitable stuff out there in your marketplace. And you run into somebody, and it's going to be a brief talk. You're going to talk to somebody for a couple minutes, and then they're going to go their way. You're going to go your way. We call it an elevator pitch. Somebody just said, so, hey, you're Steve Bratton. What do you do? And so what's your elevator pitch for SVB? You know, honestly, for me, I, I – any partnership or relationship that we build, I mean, it's one of those things where I truly look at, you know, that as more of a friendship that we're going to build with that, whether it's an account, it's a builder, remodeler, designer. Um, I've never been big on the whole used car salesman approach. And, you know, I, I more so try to look towards, you know, what, what's it going to take to build that relationship with them and, you know, just have that one-on-one with them. So I won't necessarily go right into a sales pitch or, you know, an elevator pitch by any means. I just, you know, I try to make that connection, see if we can, you know, meet together, go out to lunch, go out to breakfast, have a late afternoon Soft cocktail. approach. Yes. Yeah. I'm Steve Bratton. We do hardwood floors. If there's everything, ever anything, you know, we can do for you, let me know. What can we do to possibly earn your business and so on? Yes. Yeah. I, I like the soft approach myself. I always, <laughs> when I'm, I'm on an airport, on an airplane or <clears throat> anywhere, I say things like, you know, so what's your industry? That's my elevator pitch is to ask somebody what their industry is. And then they inevitably ask me what's mine. And I tell them it's hardwood floors. And that's the seed I planted. I'm just letting them know that I do hardwood floors and maybe they end up taking my card and my number. But I know I planted the seed for later. So it's enough. And I never say I'm a floor guy. I say I own a hardwood flooring company, you know, and uh, we service, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then you get into that. So well, I think it's important to get to know who they are because you may or may not want to even work with them. So I think it's, you know, up front, just finding out who that who what their personality is and who they are. Right. So if they have OCD, mm-hmm. run in the other direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all good. Steve, I thank you for being here, man. If, uh, you know, the ladder that you've climbed is pretty impressive. What would you tell somebody out there who's, he's one truck, he's five trucks, but he's going to eventually one day hope to get to your level. What are you going to tell him? You know, it's one of those things throughout the years, you've, you've got to be willing to take some risks. If you don't take the risks, you're just not going to get there. But, you know, number one, most important is, you know, get involved in the industry, get involved with NWFA, get educated, you know, make sure that you're putting the right team in place. And, you know, once again, quality and customer service. If you supply that, it'll get you where you want to be. I like it. That's great advice, man. I'm all good. This has been fantastic. Uh, let me ask you, Michael, do you have anything you want to ask Stephen? anything I may have left on the table? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Steve has done some training with us. It's very customized. So I think it's, um, you know, I'd like everybody else out there that's listening to know, you know, if you come to us with an idea about how to customize your training, 
um, we'll, you know, we'll come to your place. We'll work with you. We'll figure it out. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about, uh, what you developed there with our, with our training with you? Yeah, guys. I mean, it, it's once again, it goes back to education and, you know, just having the right training for your team, whether it's your office team, your sales team, the guys out on the field. Years ago, we, uh, we, you know, we hosted our own private NWFA school for all of our guys out on the field, went through all the certification training, had the, you know, the school, which I believe was a week, week long school. Um, we did installation in the, the first part of the week and then we did the sand and finish towards the end of the part of the week. But it was one of those things where I had worked directly with Brett on customizing what that looked like and what that, what made the most sense as far as being able to get our entire team, um, you know, to go through the courses and to get, you know, certified as far as all the guys that were able to do so. Just recently this year, we had Brett out at the earlier part of the year, and he went through the sales advisor training with our entire sales team and our office team. Um, you know, and they just, they get a lot out of it. I've told people for years. I mean, I've, I've went through just about every single one of these classes at this point, but even if you sit in that class for three days and you take five minutes out of it, that five minutes was worth it. Well, guys, it's been great to meet in person and actually look at each other while we're talking. So this has been really, uh, really kind of fun for us, I think. So uh, you're listening to the Real Answers podcast, and we'll be back soon.